So welcome everyone to the very first ever MSLA podcast mini-sode. This summer, we are going to be hearing from members of the Massachusetts Team Choice Book Award nominating committee about some of the books that are on the MTCBA list. Today, we're going to be hearing from three librarians who are on this committee about books that we all loved with themes of LGBTQ kids figuring out who they are and their place in the world. I'm going to introduce myself first, and then we'll get into introducing our co-librarians here on the podcast. I'm Ella Stocker. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the host of the MSLA podcast. So I am joined today by Wendy MacArthur, Suzanne Larson, and Joanna Correa. We're going to be talking about Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas, Flamer by Mike Corrado, and Magic Fish by Trung Lee Nguyen. So who would like to get us, kick us off and get us started? I'm happy to go first, if that, that works. Awesome. Uh, Introduce yourself and tell us about this wonderful book. Wonderful. So happy to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, so I'm Suzanne Larson. I'm the high school librarian at Seekonk High School, which is right outside of Providence. It is in Massachusetts, um, Seekonk, Massachusetts. And I am also the, the chair of the committee. So I was lucky enough to be able to be a part of this great initiative and, and gather some of my favorite folks together to talk about books. So yeah, Magic Fish. Oh my goodness. Um, this is a book that just sort of knocked me sideways and it's gorgeous, lush renderings, the drawings. Um, but let me tell you a little bit about what the plot is. Uh, the Magic Fish was published in 2020 uh, by Trung Lee Nguyen, um, so Vietnamese author. It tells the story of Tien, a younger boy, um, I would say middle school age, and he's struggling with the secret that he needs to tell his mother. Um, you know, it's not a spoiler to say it's, you know, a coming out story. It's, it's, but it's an, also an immigration story. His, his mother is, is new to this country. Tien is, is, has been born here. Um, so he, you know, kind of straddles two worlds culturally traditional Vietnamese and American and figuring out who he is and how his mother and he find a way to communicate is is through fairy tales, uh, which is absolutely gorgeous. And it through these beautiful drawings, um, we see the worldwide um, commonality of these of these fairy tales. So they pick the, the author chooses to focus on three stories, an adaptation of uh, the Vietnamese story of Cinderella, which as we know is, is very global, a fairy godparent like magic fish story, which is where we get the title of the book. And we've got the story of a voiceless mermaid uh, who learns to speak through dance. So as Tian and his mother are communicating and finding common ground, and Tian is trying to tell his mother about who he believes he is as his emerging identity, it's told through these stories and gorgeous drawings. Now, let's get to why I really loved it. It just, there's so many layers to this story. Um, there's approachable language. There's just, I don't use the word wondrous very often, folks, but this is, this, this, this drawings, these drawings are wondrous, you know, almost an kind of an art nouveau feel in a lot of the swirling, you know, beautiful colors and lines of these drawings. And of course, the, the basic idea, which is near and dear to every librarian's heart, is that sharing stories help us connect and communicate as human beings um, and to understand one another. 
Um, and it's so simple and so powerful, but this book takes it to kind of a, just a really interesting level because there's, there's so many layers to it. I also really loved about this book. Um, I remember pointing out in the committee that these fairy tales, these three stories, um, although they feel very familiar and will do so to many of our patrons that, you know, Little Mermaid, you know, Cinderella, my goodness, these are so in the canon, obviously. But what many of our patrons know about is those Disney versions, those sort of sanitized, cleaned up, pretty, you know, and you got your little animal friends and the whole bit. These fairy tales are a little edgier and they acknowledge that there is evil. There is, there is, um, you know, there is death in, in, in the traditional tales. And I think that that will actually appeal in its authenticity to a lot of our readers and to a lot of our, our, our kids and patrons. So I guess to wrap up to say that, you know, there's, this is definitely a book worth, worth looking at, checking out. The main protagonist, Tien, is on the younger side. So you could say, you know, middle school, but there's the content I think can appeal to a wider range of teens, which is something that we were excited about as a committee because we are the Teen Choice Book Award and we're looking to appeal to a wide level. And just as I said, I cannot uh, leave this out. The end notes, oh my my goodness, absolutely gorgeous. As the author and the illustrator, we're, we're talking about the inspiration for a lot of these drawings. And so you find out where some of these dresses came from and these drawings. And it's just for, for a kid, a patron who's also interested in the art of it and the history of it, I think was absolutely gorgeous. So Magic Fish published in 2020, Trung Lin Nguyen, oh, absolutely delicious. So check it out. Thanks so much, Suzanne. That was such a great synopsis. This was one of my favorite books that we, I read for this committee as well. And I, I just loved it so much. And I echo everything you've said. Um, Wendy or Joanna, do you want to add anything about Magic Fish that you may have loved? One thing I like is when you have a book that has so many different types of stories going on, because here you, you go between the past, the present, or the past, the present, and the storytelling, the fairy tales that they're talking about. The art in the book, helps you kind of navigate those three different areas through use of color. And so it helps you kind of understand which part of the story you're in. And I read it in two different ways, which I, because I read this book four times, I loved it that much, but I read it doing all of the past at once, all of the future at once, and all of the fairy tales at once, which is a kind of a different way to read it. But it, I read that way the second time and it was just so gorgeous with the colors and the storytelling. And Wendy, yeah. I just have to say that I'm loving that you're, uh, you've got birds in the background, speaking of little animal <laughs> friends. Um, so it's like it annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Um, I, yeah, I totally agree with everything that's already been said, but I think the art just struck me so much. Um, it was a style that like, I haven't seen a lot in other graphic novels and I couldn't put the book down because they weren't contained in just these squares. It flowed throughout and I just couldn't put it down. Like I read it in one sitting and then had to go back and look at it again. Um, but it was, it's a, an amazing story and just so beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's really a special one. So we, we recommend, we all recommend enthusiastically picking this one up. So moving on to our next book on our list, I think we could stay with our graphic novels and move on to Flamer by Mike Corrado. Joanna, would you introduce yourself and then introduce this book? Yes, uh, so I am, my name is Joanna Correa, uh, she, they pronouns. Um, and I am the head of youth services at the Haverhill Public Library. Um, so Flamer um, is a, by Mike Curato is a book that takes place in the 1990s. It is about um, a uh, Filipino American boy named Aiden. Um, and he 
the story takes place at Boy Scout camp. Um, he struggles with body issues. He's struggling to accept his identity, um, saying, thinking that he, he says throughout the book that he's not gay because he's terrified of boys and they're scary because of his experiences with being bullied. Um, but he's kind of coming to terms with that as he's at camp and also struggling with body issues. And throughout the book, he talks about how school was very difficult for him. He goes to a Catholic school. Um, he's an altar server and he's very connected to his Catholic faith. And so that's part of the reason why he's struggling with his identity because he's been taught for so long that being gay is a sin. Um, and there's a part where he says, I'm not a bad person, you know, that can't be me. Um, and it's really an amazing look at what a lot of Catholic uh, children that grew up in that environment deal with. It's a book that I wish I had had in high school. And so I connected with it a lot as an adult. Um, and even though it takes place in the 90s, I think a lot of what is happening in the book translate to, translates to today as well. He, what used to be his safe place at Boy Scout camp has become another place where he's struggling um, like he was at school. The boys are starting to use slurs. He's not quite sure what to do in the scenes, you know, when they have to take showers and it's this big room and how to deal with that between his body issues and just being uncomfortable with his sexuality. And it really is a hard look. It doesn't shy away from these issues. Um, it talks about, you know, his just needing to deal with um, like kind of self-harm and like how he navigates that. And there's a scene at the end where it really all comes to the culmination of all of this. And I won't spoil the end, but it's a really powerful scene that doesn't shy away from what that looks like when it's just all so overwhelming um, in what happens in that scene. And the illustrations, the way it's illustrated is really interesting because it's all in black and white. And then throughout, there's these scenes where there's red and orange kind of relating to the title of Flamer and these scenes with fire. And so it's really interesting the way that the art is used throughout that. It's a really amazing book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's a really amazing book for, for all teens to read, whether they're struggling with their identity or not. It speaks to different people because of the bullying, because of dealing with who they are. And I think it's important for other teens to read that aren't struggling with that, who might be hearing, you know, other kids using slurs, whether it be about sexuality or race, and to see how that is really affecting somebody from the other side of it and how they have to deal with that. Thanks, Jana. That was a, a great overview of, I, I also really enjoyed this book, as you will hear me say multiple times on this podcast. Um, but I agree with you, the, I think the use of color in the illustrations is, is like a really effective narrative tool, which I um, as somebody who's a very visual person, really, really enjoyed that aspect of this book as well. Um, I'd love to hear from Suzanne or Wendy if you have anything you want to add to Joanna's excellent overview. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, one thing that I, and great job, Joanna, thank you. One thing that I, I really liked about this book is, you know, that the the, the faith connection, and it, it seemed to me, I'm always looking as a, as a librarian serving my community, I'm always looking for those books, of course, you know, we talk about things, windows and mirrors, and in, in some ways, this is very much a mirror, you know, our state has a high Catholic population, some very traditional families, and so I, I in my own school, I know, you know, Boy Scouting is a big thing, and so they're just 
just a lot of those touch points connections that kids can identify with. You know, it, it can't be overstated, um, particularly in this kind of environment we're in now with book challenges, et cetera, that books like this can be such a lifeline for that kid who's, who's struggling and wondering, am I alone in this? Am I the only one who feels this way? Um, and this is one of those books that is just so important to me to, you know, have on display during, during Pride, but all year round as, you know, hey, this is, this is an important message. This is a connection. Yeah, I was doing a lot of research with Pride Month coming up, trying to get <clears throat> the Pride flags hung in my town. And one of the things I found is the, the surprisingly high rate of mental health issues surrounding LGBTQ students. And I think this book really touches on the honesty behind that in a student. And it's, I think it's important, like you said, Joanna, for not only LGBT kids to read, but other kids to understand what they might be going through so they can be, you know, an ally for these students and understand just the mental aspect of what they deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. The, the things that this book deals with are not just about, um, you know, coming to terms with your own identity, but sort of all of the things that can make that really complicated for kids. And also I think dealing with having a, a, a male character who's dealing with body image issues and self-harm and things that we often see, unfortunately, in um, female characters and in our female students, it also does happen in our male patrons and our male students. And I think having some of that visualized and, and vocalized in this book is also really important. Once again, another great one. <laughs> I think, um sometimes like as adults now seeing like how much we have progressed with you know students being able to come out earlier and like understanding more because there's more information it's easy to be to think oh it's so much easier today kids are more accepting and that while that might be true in some places or for some students that does not mean that it is easy and that does not mean that the bullying does not exist around it so that's too why I think this book was just so important. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, moving from a character named Aiden to an author named Aiden, <laughs> uh, our next book that we're going to be chatting about is Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. And Wendy, if you would introduce yourself and then talk about this wonderful book. Sure. My name is Wendy MacArthur, and I am a recent grad of Simmons University looking for a job in a library, in a school library, if anybody is has one open. This book, Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas, was my favorite by the year. I mean, every student that I know that I gave this book to absolutely loved it. It's a Latinx story of LGBTQ characters that is written by um, a, a trans man. Um, and the audiobook is also narrated by a trans man. Just an absolutely beautiful book about magical realism um, and really just about families trying to accept and learn about kind of the coming out story of the characters. And it's really a wonderful, each one of these characters has been fully vetted. You're looking at them and you're really under getting into the, the mindset. And it's a mystery about a boy, Adriel, his cousin gets killed. And it's a story about him trying to find out what happened to his cousin. And in the story, there's all of the boys in this family um, are brujos and they can kind of converse with the dead and all of the females in the story can heal. But what happens if you're a trans boy in this story? And so the main character in the story is a trans male who goes and tries to find out, um, wants to be a brujo and wants to be seen as a brujo 
by his family. And I oftentimes think that in like queer YA books, the queer protagonist is either wholeheartedly embraced by their family or completely shunned by them. But I feel like there's a few, very few novels where there's kind of this intersection where they embrace you, but kind of push back. And so in this, they embrace Yadriel as a boy. Occasionally they'll drop his dead name and occasionally they'll say, you're my favorite girl. But overall, you get the feeling that they embrace them until it comes to this one, the, the core of their being, which is, can they truly accept him as a boy? Does the world accept him as a boy by accepting him as a brujo? Um, and I think that's kind of, it is wonderful because it not only goes to like the LGBTQ culture, but you know, if somebody wants to be an artist and their family wants to push them to be a scientist or an engineer, you know, can they accept that person at their heart of who they are? And so I think this goes beyond Latinx, it goes beyond LGBTQ, it can be read by anybody and they can all come away with a sense of wanting to be understood. That's such a beautiful way to describe this book. I feel like that is 100% my experience of reading it was this experience of sort of seeing a character like Gadrielle, who's, you know, it's sort of this intersection of all these different identities. And yet it's also just a kid who like wants to be loved by their family and is loved by their family, but maybe not for the ways that he wishes he could be. And it's just, it's so moving and beautiful and it's written just so exquisitely. And I, I have not listened to the audiobook, but many people I know who've read this listen to it on audio and really recommend that as well. So I'm glad that you mentioned that the audiobook, your narrator is also a trans man. Um, Cause I think that's a really great aspect of the, of the audiobook. Um, so Susanna or Joanna, I know we, we all read this. So anything you guys want to add? I'm going to weigh in just really quickly about one one detail that I liked on this book is this the treatment of the the dead names issue, which I think is important for you know kids anybody who's not in the LGBTQ plus you know trans communities to really understand why this is so important, um, why why you know re respect is needed and why you really need to make an effort. I mean. I've, you know, I, I love my students at my suburban high school, but they may not have a whole lot of experience if they're, you know, not directly impacted or know somebody in their life. So I thought that was just a really important part of this book. Yeah, the fact that it was never mentioned what the dead name was, I thought was beautiful. Yeah, I, um, just to echo what Wendy said about us not seeing in YA books like that medium ground with the family, I think is really important because I think that is a very relatable thing that is happening for teens. And how do you navigate that? Especially when like the family is trying and they're, they're just learning along the way. So I, I thought that was a great portrayal that you, you just don't see often. Yeah, I agree. This is definitely a special book for many reasons, but it's, it's relatability, I think, for teenagers who may be going through some of these identity shifts or identity recognition, things in their own life is particularly notable. So I think that's a, a great point. Well, those are our three titles for this this week's mini-sode. I'm so grateful for the three librarians here joining us, Suzanne, Wendy, and Joanna. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to come record with us. We are going to be looking ahead to next week. We have another set of great books, and then we have about 10 weeks of these mini-sodes. So 
if you like this one, there's more to come. There's so many great books on this list for us to discuss and listen to. If you have any questions about the podcast, you can reach out to myself and Luke, who is my co-host at podcast at maschoollibraries.org. And School Libraries only has one L in that email address, so just be careful. So podcast at maschoollibraries.org. We would love to hear from you, whether it's about these books, other books you hope we can book talk in the future, the Best Teen Choice Book Award, or just another idea you have for an episode. We would really love to hear from you. So thank you so much, everyone, and have a wonderful day. Happy reading. Thank you. Thank you.